WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of this diversity and not the view of WFNU or FTI as a whole. This is the ADAPT revolution. Say it with me, Beth. What? Say it with me. This, this is the ADAPT, ADAPT revolution. revolution. We want to um, first and foremost acknowledge that we are on the ancestral lands of the Anishinaabe and Dakota people in what is also known as Minnesota, and uh, affectionately known to us as the Twin Cities in large part uh, for the roots of this show um, at this moment in time. So welcome all to the ADAPT revolution. Welcome to the 17th episode of Adapt Revolution, your weekly antidote to hate, greed, and ableism, where the D word is disability. This week's episode is all about the Off-Kilter Cabaret, which is coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, November 17th, 18th, and 19th, right here in Minneapolis. It will be hosted at the Coles Center, on 528 Hennepin Avenue in downtown Minneapolis. Here's a little bit about the cabaret. The Off-Leash Area Organization presents their second annual Off-Kilter Cabaret, an ongoing community program designed to highlight and support artists with disabilities in the creation of original performance work. In 2023, Off-Kilter Cabaret they will explore the theme inside, outside, inside out, and will showcase seven unique artists from a range of artistic disciplines, including dance, comedy, puppetry, musical composition, spoken word, and storytelling. This year's cabaret, curated by the Off-Kilter leadership team, includes Braille, Scott Sorensen, Young Dance, AJ Isaacson Svidza, Desdemona, Huamua, and Tessa Longshore. It will be emceed by returning artist Amy Salloway. The Off-Kilter Cabaret performance on Friday, November 17th will be at 7.30 p.m. American Sign Language and audio description will be available, and the performance will be followed by a post-show reception. The Off-Kilter Cabaret show on November 18th will also start at 7.30 p.m. There will be American Sign Language, audio description, and live captioning available. The performance on Saturday will be followed by a post-show discussion. And finally, on November 19th, the Off-Kilter Cabaret performance will be at 2 o'clock p.m. American Sign Language and audio description will be provided. 
masks will be required to be worn by the audience members on the Sunday show of the Off-Kilter Cabaret. The performance on Sunday will also be followed by a post-show discussion. For the masks, they highly recommend N95, KN95, or similar high filtration masks, and they will have some available. Beth and I had the pleasure of interviewing most of the artists for the show this evening. We're going to get into those interviews now, and we will um, be including a video file for all of the interviews on the YouTube channel for Able Media and a link to the video for today's interviews with captions can be found in the link provided in the podcast episode description. And we will also be providing a link to the Off-Kilter Cabaret so that you can get your tickets right away for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday and learn more about the artists and the work that Off-Leash Area is doing. And finally, if you're looking for a disability double header on Sunday, November 19th, head on over to the Artery, which is Able Media's studio and event space at the Ivy for the Arts building in the Seward neighborhood of Minneapolis. We will be hosting our first ever Spoon Factory, which is a disability soiree. We invite artists from across the community with disabilities to show up and prepare new works or old works, anything that you'd like to share with community, we will gather from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. The address for the artery is 2718 East 27th Street in Minneapolis, and the zip code is 55406. We hope to see you there. And without further ado, let's talk to the artists from the Off-Kilter Cabaret 2023. to our 17th episode of Adapt Revolution, your weekly antidote to hate, greed, and ableism, where the D word is disability. Um, tonight we have the absolute privilege of interviewing artists for the Off-Kilter Cabaret, which is coming up this weekend, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, November 17th, 18th, and 19th. And we have with us here one of the artists from the Off-Kilter Cabaret, um, Heart of Young Dance. I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your work and uh, maybe the show and just whatever you want to share uh, yeah, yeah. as part of, as part of the, the, the show coming up this weekend. Cool. Yeah, my name is Gabriel Roderick and I uh, kind of have two roles in this show. I'm part of Young Dance who's performing. Um, and then I was also on the leadership team to help put the whole thing together. Um, and mainly I'm a musician around town. I do music. Um, and more recently in the last few years, I've been doing a lot of dance. Um, and that's how I got hooked up to young dance and have been assistant teaching and now teaching there for three years. Um, and yeah, really excited about the show. We've been planning it for almost a year now, and um, it's really coming together. And um, I'm really excited to see all the artists perform. And um, it's a wide, wide variety of disabilities and art and performance. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so just so you all know, the um, the Off-Kilter Cabaret is being hosted at the Cole Center 
downtown Minneapolis. That's 528 Hennepin Avenue, downtown. Um, and um, it will be going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully we will get this episode up tonight um, so Sweet. that we can get everybody, we can get more people yeah, to the yeah. show. So I'm really, Sweet. really stoked for that. Yeah. Really yeah, stuff, and yeah. Uh, Friday is 7 p.m., Saturday is 7 p.m., and Sunday is 2 p.m., and Sunday is a masks required, masks required event. Too. Okay. So, Great. Just for everybody to know. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to share about the show? Well, okay, here's here's a question. Yeah. Um, this is the Adapt Revolution. We like to ask everyone that comes on the show at some point, what are your dreams for the adapt revolution? What does the world look like when it when the world adapts to us as much as we adapt to it? Yeah. You know, like do you have any particular like uh, like dreams? Like, what is your your reason behind doing your art? What gets you up every morning? You know, like yeah, yeah I think um, I think I'm new. I'm pretty new to thinking about um, this idea of ableism. And How we are oppressed as um, individuals with disabilities and limitations. Um, I was injured 15 years ago. I have a spinal cord injury, and um, it's not really until the last few years have I kind of been starting to educate myself and starting to also just like realize like what this system is, you know. So I'm very, I feel very fresh to it all. Yeah. Um, but I think I've, I'm learning a lot from Young Dance and our All Abilities class. Um, just being around young people with disabilities and um, young people with a wide range of disabilities from cognitive to physical. Um, and the more I'm teaching this class, the more I'm learning from kids and from even Gretchen. I mean, Gretchen is the executive director of Young Dance and co-teacher in the All Abilities class, and she's been doing a lot of research on um, other programs who have um, disability dance programs and how they're operating. And, um, but I think what I'm, what I'm realizing most is when I go, when I go into class, I I'm starting to feel this like sense of relief yeah. when I go in there because it's, you know, you're moving through a world that is so set up for able-bodied people and, you know, buildings and stairs and ramps and, you know, noise and, you know, all, all the stuff that can limit us and impede us from moving through life. Um, it's just been really... Um, kind of pretty profound for me to start opening myself up a little more in this class and feeling that sense of relief that I can be here as I am. I can move yeah. as I can move. I can move and be, you know. Um, and I don't really get to do that a lot throughout my life. Yeah. There's a lot of obstacles and there's a lot of interpersonal stuff that I'm navigating all the time every day um, and not to say that it doesn't exist in this class because I think we're still like there are a lot of different differing disabilities and physical limitations and cognitive limitations so there's still a lot of learning that's happening there but yeah um, it is I just keep going back to this idea of relief and yeah I think that's that's the dream, you know. Thank you. Yeah. And disability pride and disability culture as the center of that and yeah. really celebrating all of those differences and yes. you know, um, just celebrating the fact that we all get to come together and that can feel more like home than anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's I think that's what I'm getting at with yeah. relief, like this idea yeah. of home. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because um, so many of us just don't have that yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, thanks for all the work you do to bring these artists together yeah, and um, to be part of the fabric of, of all of this. Um, yeah. And just really excited to be here. Cool. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. All right, cheers. Yeah. All right, back to interviews for the Off-Kilter Cabaret happening this weekend. <laughs> um, our next artist that we're interviewing is named Braille. And um, Braille, um, who are you first of all, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, well, I am an artist. I'm blind, deaf, and I have mobility issues, um, narcolepsy, and seizure disorder as well. So, you know, it's a plethora of fun that's just going on. Um, and I love art, I love creating, and I've always uh, been interested in the arts and performing um, spoken word, as well as um, doing some music. And the photography, because the lens became my eyes, it was an extension of myself. Yeah. So I could, it was a middle finger to society in a, well, in a way, because uh, I couldn't see what they wanted me to see or do what they felt like I should be able to do, mm -hmm. you know, because back, when people, and people still don't have an understanding that blindness is not, you know, from sighted to total. There's, there's this gauge, same with hearing. Yeah. And um, being young, they were like, oh, she just wants attention, you know? So that was the understanding that they had. So they were ignorant. They weren't doing it to be harmful. Um, but I also, at an early age, decided that it was not my place to educate the world but to live my life, not to just exist. And for the disability aspect of it, it's not the total of who I am, but it is a part of me, and I have to embrace all of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm an artist that's blind, deaf, but I'm an artist, I'm a human being. Yeah. I, I'm Braille. Exactly, thank you, beautiful. Um, for our next question, we'd like to know, what inspires you about your work as an artist and how does it connect you to community? Mm, I would say civil rights um, when it comes to uh, being a person of color, when it comes to being a woman, when it comes to just being an individual, period. And noting that uh, I had to help petition for voting machines because, you know, it's, it's a federal, it's a thing. Yeah, but yeah. you know, counties they didn't want to do that for the blind, and I'm like, I have a right to my anonymity. I have a right to vote who I want to vote for, and to be able to trust that it's being filled out the way that I intend, and not have to entrust another person who could put down X, Y, and Z, and I would be none the wiser. Yeah. So I think what draws me to community is the fact that we need a presence that's bigger and larger because we exist and we can't simply hide in our homes. We need to be able to vote freely. We need to be able to move about freely and to just be. All right. Um, we would like to know next, um, what are your dreams for the ADAPT revolution? Mm. <laughs> more the same, more the same. I, I want the presence to be out there. Yeah. Um, I think it should be known. I think we should be louder and prouder and um, band together, a community. And I, and I do believe that there's a lot of segregation within the disability community. So there's so God. many issues, there's so many things. Like for instance, when it was just my blindness, I didn't realize that that drop off was a hindrance to someone in a wheelchair mm -hmm. until I was in a wheelchair. Uh -huh. And so then I realized, oh, I need that to be able to cross the street. So it's like, until we talk to each other, we're not gonna understand what the other individual is going through. That's and true. we'll only see it within our own bubble. And my feeling was, if I expect people who are sighted to understand what it's like for me to be blind, why wouldn't I want to understand what it's like for someone else that has another ability issue? So I think that we need a stronger presence. We need to band together, and then we can also rally together. We can also change rules, regulations, laws, and be known because we would be a community within a community, but not segregate ourselves from it. Yes. That's true. That's a beautiful dream for the Adapt Revolution. Yeah, yeah it is. I am right there with you. Yeah. Um, 
Is there anything else you'd like to share um, with the show coming up? Yes, I'm, I'm kind of dedicating it to my mother. Uh, she passed away on September 11th. Okay. And she, she knew that I couldn't speak. My name was wearing high glasses at the age of two. And she knew that I couldn't really hear. But because of the neighborhood and area in which we lived in, it was riddled with poverty and crime. And anything that was a challenge could be seen as a weakness. I had to learn how to mask. And she taught me. She would put her her hand to her my hand to her mouth, right? Wow. And say the words so I could understand how to say words and speak. And then she would say, touch, you know, your lips to see that you're doing the same thing. So that love and compassion, um, and the fact that, and I'm speaking on technology and how it makes us less social. Social media, unfortunately, has become another tool that unfortunately divides. Um, my mother had a rule, and it's when we were getting together, at least once a week, we would have to turn off all of the devices and just be present in the moment. And so my piece is about the harmfulness of what is to be social media or what it has become, right, to us collectively. And also the beauty of just going outside if you have the ability to and just touch grass. And she'd be proud of that. She would yeah. love that. Yeah. It's a beautiful dedication to your mother. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's so great to meet you. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm excited to see the show. We're going to be at the show on Saturday. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, we are. And nice. this is going to be broadcast tonight, so we're going to make sure Sweet. that more people find out about the show. Thank you. And get in those seats. So. All right. Would you like me to walk you back? Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Thank you so much. No. All right, this is uh, Cerulean and Beth, and we are here with another artist from the Off-Kilter Cabaret, AJ. So AJ, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, if you wanna talk about your art or your work or um, the show this weekend, um, anything you'd like to talk about? Well, my name is AJ Isaacson Zwitzwa. I am a classical violist and composer. I dabble in violin, but viola is much better. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for those you wondering, you for those know. wondering, a viola is similar to a violin, but it's bigger and it's lower and a whole lot cooler. Nice. Uh, I've been a classical music composer since I was 13. Uh-huh. On Halloween of my seventh grade year, I had a sprained ankle, so I couldn't oh. go trick-or-treating. Uh-huh. So, because the normal thing to do, I decided I was going to write a piece of music. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone does, right? You're like, I've been yeah. doing this for four years. I can I can turn something out on Halloween. So I wrote <laughs> a piece for string orchestra uh -huh. called Dance of the Goblins. Oh, wow. And that was the first piece I ever wrote. Okay. And then I got totally hooked. Wow. And wrote like 60 pieces in the next two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's how I got started composing. Well, I would like to consult your music library because that sounds wonderful. <laughs> oh, it does. And Beth and I are going to be here for the show on Saturday. Okay, yeah, we so are. So we're very excited to see the show. Yeah. Um, we like to ask people, um, what are your dreams for um, the Adapt Revolution? Like, what are your dreams for a future that is centered and grounded in disability justice? Yeah. I very much promote uh, destigmatizing mental health. There you go. Yep. Destigmatizing your what? Mental illness. Oh, oh yes. Uh, the uh, first major piece commissioned that I wrote yeah. was called Angel Sang to Me, okay. which is a 30-minute piece for soprano and string quartet yeah. that explores my journey with schizoaffective disorder. Okay, yeah. beautiful. And so it goes through highs and lows, and there's a point in the piece where um, the singer is singing while the uh -huh. instrumentalists are speaking. Um, sort of to simulate what it was like for me having hallucinations. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. when you say hallucinations, do you mean like hearing voices that nobody else heard? Sometimes I would hear things, sometimes I would see things. There's also what's called tactile hallucinations, okay. which is when you feel things on your body that aren't there. Okay. So I've had all three types of those hallucinations. Yeah, and I'm asking because I, you know, I'm not in a good position to understand that because that component has never happened to me. I've suffered from depression and one time a shrink 
you know, had labeled me as schizophrenic, which was clearly the wrong thing to label me. And then I was, of course, even more jokingly labeled as schizophrenic, undifferentiated, you know, within the medical model, yeah. which I don't believe in for myself, but mm -hmm. whatever works for you is what matters. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the first piece, when you talk about the first piece that you commissioned, can you talk a little bit about the difference between like, you wrote your piece when you were 17, but then you commissioned a piece? Can you talk a little bit about the artistic process with that? So, this is gonna be a really long answer to a short question. That's fine. Uh -huh. That's fine. <laughs> so, I um, did my undergraduate degree in viola performance, actually. Uh -huh. Okay. Then I went to graduate school for musicology, which is music history, basically. Really? Yeah. And that's why I had a major psychotic episode. Okay. Uh -huh. And so I had to drop out of school, move back home, uh -huh. and I ended up on disability. Yeah. Uh -huh. I was bored out of my mind. Uh -huh. I did not do well in school. And so I contacted um, one of my former teachers and asked if he was taking composition students. Yeah. And so I started composing. Yeah. Again, Beautiful. which I hadn't done for like 10 years. Oh my god. So in 2020, yeah. I applied for a commission. So organizations will put out a call for applications if they want to fund a piece. Okay. And so then the artists apply uh -huh. for the commission. Uh -huh. okay. And I was selected for this commission by the Cedar Cultural Center Good. to write this piece of music. Good. Oh, how wonderful. Nice. Exciting. And um, what work are you showcasing for the Off Kilter Cabaret? It's a piece called Soliloquy for Solo Viola. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. it's about nine minutes long. It's just me performing. Yeah. Um, Solo. It, when I applied for the Off Kilter Cabaret, I had no idea what I was going to write. So I knew I was going to write something for Solo Viola, but what it was going to be, I didn't know. Uh, sure. This has been a very tumultuous year for me. Oh. I. <laughs> In January, my mom died of cancer. So sorry. Which leaves me as full-time guardian and caregiver for my brother who has severe cerebral palsy. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, I was transitioning into taking care of him. Then in October, our grandma died of cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. So writing soliloquy was my way of processing my grief. Yeah, sure. Well, I can't wait to, um, to be a part of that performance. I'm looking for it. I can't either. <laughs> on the other hand, um, is there anything else that you want to share with um, with our audience um, before the shows this weekend? Come to the shows. All right. <laughs> Get in those seats. Yeah. Before Thank they're you, gone. AJ. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, yeah. all the best to you. Thank you. Um, so excited to be here and just really. All right, hello everyone. We'd like to welcome uh, another couple artists from the Off-Kilter Cabaret. Um, we'll let you go ahead and introduce yourselves and uh, we'll uh, learn a little bit more about your work. I'm Ona Williams and this is- I'm Scott Sorens. And we are doing a puppet show. But last year I was here um, in the audience and saw Scotty's show and was so moved by it that I asked him if I could do something in the future, and he invited me to do this show. Not Norman. Not Norman. Word for not Norman. A story of boy doesn't have a name. <laughs> awesome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share about your artistic process? How what was it like creating a puppet show? Well, uh, he made all the Scotty made all the puppets, but it was fun for me to go through the actions and actually be in a production with somebody else because I've never done that before. That's so exciting. Yep. That is exciting. Um, Beth and I are going to be at the show on, on Saturday. So, okay, so that's cool. We're very excited yep. to see your puppets. Scott, Scotty's yep. been working really hard. Brilliant. I work not morning. I have finished a fish and a dog and a snake. That's a lot of animals. He made them all. That is. Wow. Yep. Cool. Exciting. Yep. I can't wait to see them yep. at the show on Saturday. Mm -hmm. He's very talented. Very good. Who do you Carrie, want? Uh, she's a helper that, that builds stuff and the production. Yeah. Cool. And what is the puppet show called? Not Norman. 
Not Norman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Based on children's book. All right, everybody. We'll get your tickets to the Off Kilter Cabaret this Friday, Saturday, and That's Sunday nice. at the Tech Box at the Cole Center downtown Minneapolis. That's 528 Hennepin Avenue. And um, we'll see you there. Yeah. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Good job, Scotty. All right, everyone. Uh, the next artist that we're interviewing is Hua. And uh, Hua is another artist that's a part of the Off-Kilter Cabaret that's happening this weekend. And uh, Hua, would you like to introduce yourself and, uh, and your art to start out with? Hi, um, I'm Hua. I am a um, St. Paul-based comedian, actress, um, disability disabled person yeah i guess <laughs> um for the show i will be doing a stand-up bit exciting all right i get into that i'm ready to laugh i am too to you know what? I, mean, I mean i change it so much that i i don't even know if it's funny anymore like i'm yeah. just like i just need to stop looking at it's, it right. might not be funny to you anymore but i'm sure everybody in the a lot of other people will Okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Trust I'm, me. I'm betting well. on it. I'm betting on it. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about what drew you to comedy and um how that's connected you to community and that sort of thing? Um it's actually it's really funny because um I mean I always thought I was funny, but like I'm kind of like the kind of person who yeah, like just laughs on my own jokes. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. think that I was like funny in the way that like other people would think I'm funny. Uh-huh. Um but it's actually community that brought me to comedy. Oh. Um because um it all started I was a fan of a collective called the Funny Asian Women Collective. Oh sure I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I was a I fan of them. Yeah. And I you know kind of followed them around for a while and um they and not just them but like the community around them yeah became my mm -hmm. community yeah Wonderful. um and so when they're like you know we're opening for auditions and i'm like let me just try it out yeah yeah and they accepted you. Yeah. Wonderful. Good. Yeah. The Funny Asian Women Collective. Yes. We all need more funny Asian women in our lives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I hope we're funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you made it through the audition. That's, right. That's the that's the the proving mm -hmm. the proving mark, right? Mm -hmm. so. Yes. Yeah. If you were to hear some of my jokes that make fun of. Uh, politicians and doctors and lawyers you would just really you know crack up I mean they're a screech <laughs> or, yeah. Or, yeah um we would we uh would also like to invite people to our space in the ivy building um in the Seward neighborhood it's um it's called the artery and it's a very large studio space with a stage and we're starting on the third Sunday of the month of, of the month to do a show called Spoon Factory, mm -hmm. which is like uh, a disability cabaret. Oh my gosh, I love uh, that. Yeah, so um, and it's going to be the third Sunday of every month. So from six and to we just ten. want people to like you know just call ahead, maybe be like, hey, I need this set up for that because I want to perform on Sunday, you know, and this is what I want to do and that sort yeah. of thing, like. Um, that's why I'm so excited to be here too, because like we all just need to have a lot more fun together. Yes, you know I mean? do. So, yes, definitely. Yeah. I love that. I would, if you can give me like more information, I like will maybe send, will email send artists, all the information, and I'll publish it with the podcast episode yeah. as well. Yes, perfect. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share about like is there anything particular about the specific work that the specific stand-up you're going to present or anything else you want to share with the audience before the show this weekend? Well, I mean, I hope it conveys um in my you know set, but I guess um I've been thinking a lot about how you know such pretty words are thrown at us all the time oh, 
you know, like we're so inspirational and we're so, you know, we give people a new lease on life and we're so brave and independent, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't really do anything for us. No, it doesn't. Right. right. You know, like, it's the people who need to tell us this, you know, that, you know, it makes them feel some type of way when they, you know, get the chance to let us know how great we are or whatever, you know? That's why it's so important that like, okay, we're living disability justice every day because we're relating to each other and we have to get around. Like, it's not monumental. It might be it might be completely brilliant and really earth shatteringly cool. That's that's natural and normal. Like that's everyday stuff in the disability community, you know? Right. It's not rocket science. It's just like we had to figure something out. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So right. yeah. Um and so I kind of just, you know, kind of riff off of that. Um uh -huh. just because like, you know, yeah. I'm tired of it. And I think we all are kind of tired of it, you know. Yeah. Um, because people can like call us inspirational all they want, oh, okay. but at the end of the day, like, you know, we're still struggling and yeah, all these are. people who call us inspirational, you know, are not looking they're after not, anything right. for like, Hey, are you still good? Are you still good? Are you right. still good? Or what's up? Right. What's up? What's up? Real community. Right. You know, exactly. connection. Exactly. Changing yes. systems. Exactly. Yeah. Changing system stuff so much. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like I'm in inspiration, quote unquote, because inspiration, give me a house and this and that and this other thing. Like if I'm so inspiring, then where's my blank check? Yes, you know, exactly. yes, give yes. me better transportation. Yes, if, you give a sh if, if I'm so inspirational, if I'm so inspirational, can we can just have a vote that our um the city shovels yeah. every winter instead of you know having it, it be homeowners, right? Because I have to get out the door by like 7 30 every morning. Some people they don't don't want to get up until eight or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And or some people who own these homes, you know, are not gonna get out there until way after yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then even when they do shovel, it's like it's not uniform. So yeah. some people might think they're done just because you know, it's all flat or whatever. But they literally need to clear the whole sidewalk. Right. Like completely. Right. Yeah. Completely. You know, yeah. And so there needs to be, you know, a consensus on, you know, when the it's city does this every morning at this time. I know that this is the schedule for this yes. sidewalk. Oh, yes. Without yes. fail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're so inspirational. Can you all come together and do that for us? Yeah, that's something I've literally been talking about literally every winter. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, but you know, just things like yes. that. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm right there with yeah. you. So that's yeah. kind of what my piece is about. Um, cool. That's what I'm about. Um, yeah. I guess I, you know, another funny thing that I would say about this show is like, mm -hmm. um. I mean, maybe that's not funny, but like, no, I, I do so. also like, um, I've seen a lot that like, uh, like say the disability community, you know, or like spaces like this, you oh. know, oh. are very white. White, oh. Yeah, it's very white. And like, I came to the last show and, you know, everyone was white <laughs> yeah, and so I'm kind of like let me be in this show like you guys need diversity yeah you yeah. know mm -hmm. let me just you know yeah yeah um mm -hmm. yeah because I'm a very intersectional person of course you know I am yeah. uh I'm mom I'm disabled I'm a woman you know um and I think that yeah needs to be said and like yeah you know like, yeah yeah, and we all deserve yeah. to be around lots of different people and not just 
like white people. White people should not be the absolute center of any kind of arts community. You know, yeah, we're all artists. You know, we all right. deserve to get our stuff out there. We're coming from where we're coming from, and people yeah. need to hear our stories regardless, especially Absolutely. by black people, queer people, people of you know, uh, people with disabilities. Um, regardless of your of your disabilities, yeah. like disability pride and disability culture is a real thing. Right. There are all kinds of aspects of diversity that make the make things work better. Things work better when they're more diverse. Yes. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, that's reality. Maya, that's me. Cool. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, there once was a book written by uh, a disabled woman by the name of Harlan Rouzo called Stop Calling Me Inspirational. And it, uh, you know, expressed some of the same crap, mm -hmm. you know, that you were talking about that I read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then about. also, like, when you're just kind of just, you know, going through your life and you're being you know, called inspirational and winning awards. It and it's like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's just kind of weird. I've always thought it was kind of weird, uh -oh. you know? Yeah. Um, getting all these praises and I'm kind of just like, I kind of just jumped out of bed. I didn't even comb my hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Like I got up today. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, I get, I win the getting up award. Yeah. No, so, that kind okay. of BS. Yes. So. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank, yeah, you, thank you so much. Oh. And we're excited to see the show. And uh, oh, yeah. I am going to save up all my laughs for, uh, for your segment. Yes, and also Absolutely. I welcome all feedback. Great. If, oh, you know, if it's not funny, let me know. Let cool. me, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, wait, you too. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, we have another artist that we are going to interview from the Off-Kilter Cabaret coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, November 17th, 18th, and 19th here at the Coles Center on 528 Hennepin Avenue in downtown Minneapolis. And this is Tessa. And um, I'm going to let Tessa introduce herself. Yes. And um, introduce yourself, your art, um, anything you'd like to start out. All right. Um, my name is Tessa. I'm a dancer choreographer here in the Twin Cities, and I use she okay. her pronouns. Great. Oh, good. Um, um, so we'd like to know um, what's important to you about your work? How does it connect you to community? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've always been someone with a very abstract and arguably a little overactive imagination. And so for oh. me, in some ways, you know, my work can be very grounding and bringing me back to the present mm -hmm. and staying in the moment. It can also give me that outlet to really lean into that and not feel so obscure because of it uh -huh. and be in a space where that's enjoyed and appreciated. How did you come to your work as a choreographer? Um, well, I ever since I was a little kid, I've just always been a mover and a creator. Um, <laughs> And then in college, I explored a couple avenues of studying and then just found my home back at dance. And that was what I really wanted to continue pursuing. And I always thought, you know, I'm just going to be the dancer, the performer. And I found that I actually really loved the creative process. And that was very meaningful for me. That's awesome. That is so awesome. can you tell us a little bit about the piece that you'll be presenting for uh, the show this weekend? Mm -hmm. Um. So for me, one of the biggest struggles with my disabilities has always been socializing, especially being in the generation that both, I don't want to say normal, but pre-cell phone age and then growing up with the uprising of social media and the duality mm -hmm. of, you know, this is really cool in the sense that it can bring people together and you can form online communities. Um, but it's also a double-edged sword and there is a lot of harm that comes with phones and social media and for me in particular I have just found it really hard to find a group of people that I resonate with just because everyone is always on their phones and it's really difficult to make meaningful connections that way yeah I agree um we've heard more and more people talking about that just the you know the challenge of of people you know for so long being kind of obsessed with technology and mm -hmm. the idea that um it's always going to be making our lives better mm -hmm. but what yeah, have we what have we lost out on in terms of you know those 
really simple connections mm -hmm. um, yes. between each other. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this piece. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, do you have um, any dreams for um, for the adapt revolution? And when we say that, we we mean um, like for a future that's rooted in disability justice. Mm -hmm. What does that What does that feel like to you? Or what are you, What are some things that come to mind when you think of that? Yeah, I think for me, and again, my experience, I feel like it's different just because my disabilities are not. Um, inherently visible. Mm -hmm. I think right. acknowledging that I mean, invisible disabilities are real. They do have different struggles than some with physical disability. Um, and I feel like there's a very ableist perspective of, you know, this is something everyone struggles with. Everyone falls on these spectrums of depression and anxiety. Um, and while I do think there is some truth to that, I also think acknowledging that for some it's more than just a funky feeling every now and then for some it is life-changing and it does it, it really interfere with day-to-day -day functioning yeah um, those. so for me I guess just the destigmatization and I guess less normalization of that would be huge right right thank you yeah, um, we uh, want to invite everyone to our space at the Ivy for the Arts building in the Seward neighborhood. We're going okay. to be starting to have um, an event. It's starting this uh, Sunday. So some people from this show might not. Uh, well, it's later in the day. So um, but it is a disability soiree and it's a cabaret of sorts. We want okay. people to know that they can come sign up to show new work or do whatever they'd like. And um, we're focusing it on the disability community and it's going to be called Spoon Factory. Ooh. Um, so it's from uh, 6 to 10 on the third Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would love to build community with the artists uh, from this show and, uh, you know, just continue to really feel into the fabric of what it means uh, to celebrate disability pride and disability culture and art right. all at once. Oh, you know, so yeah. thank you for being a part of that. I'm really excited to see the show. We'll be here on Saturday. And to everyone in the audience, uh, make sure that you get your tickets for the Off-Kilter Cabaret happening this weekend. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Oh, I think she's saying. Thanks again to Gabriel Roderick, Braille, A.J. Isaacson, Spitza, Scott Sorensen, Huamua, and Tessa Longshore for the interviews today. We're all so excited to see your work at the Off-Kilter Cabaret this weekend. Remember, that's Friday at 7.30 p.m., Saturday at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m., and you can get tickets online visit the website for the Off-Kilter Cabaret in the link that is connected to this podcast description. And also, don't forget that every third Sunday, starting this Sunday, November 19th, we will be hosting the Spoon Factory Disability Soiree from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at our studio and event space called The Artery, in the Ivy Building for the Arts in the Seward neighborhood in Minneapolis at 2718 East 27th Street, Minneapolis 55406. Thanks all and see you this weekend.
intro music to today's episode is by Professor EXE, and the outro song is Only ASL One by Wawa's World. And that about wraps up our episode of Adapt Revolution, your weekly antidote to hate, greed, and ableism, where the D word is disability. Thanks for tuning in. Getting butter. Will my sisters like her? Like her? Will my mama accept her? They never met her. Definitely with an accent very heavy. Her lights always flashing cause her world is like a claw. Everything vibrates. I think I'm in love. If she come from Venus, well, I must be from Mars. Cause when it's all over, will she be in the She is such a rebel. Every day is full of action. Language which it came with closed caption. I wanna say I like her, maybe she can teach me how. So I made a gesture, got her attention now. now.